Well, the race is on to become an electro-state, so says Australia's former chief scientist, Alan Finkel. But who officially fired the starting gun here? Arguably, US President Joe Biden pulled the trigger when he announced the Inflation Reduction Act in August last year, putting hundreds of billions of dollars on the table for the energy transition to net zero. Or it could be China, which has also been diligently working away for many years to achieve primacy in emerging zero emissions industries of the future. What we do know for sure is that Australia is placing well behind in this race for now. A new report from independent think tank Climate Energy Finance uh, claims we're at risk of missing out on a once-in-a-century opportunity to become a world leader in this field. Tim Buckley co-authored the report and is the Director of Climate Energy Finance. Welcome back to RN Drive, Tim. Good afternoon, Andy. We know uh, much of what you've put in your report. Uh, It's been kind of covered. But one thing that we we certainly probably don't respect in terms of the urgency is just how quickly the world is transitioning. So what is so critical about this moment in time, this once in a century opportunity to lead the world, uh, uh, you know, and to stop Australia slipping away here? We saw uh, people like uh, Andrew Forrest even saying the bus is leaving on our opportunity here. Yeah, and it's a it's a key question. What we've seen is the US president, President Biden, unveil what is probably the largest investment subsidy program in American history to drive massive accelerated decarbonisation of the American industry, to drive electrification of everything, to drive EVs, and also to allow America to do all of the EV battery and lithium manufacturing onshore. So an $800 billion US dollar subsidy program to accelerate investment in decarbonisation and drive onshoring of it. And that has then been responded by the Europeans, where the EU is now talking about doubling their level of subsidies to accelerate investment in decarbonisation. So it's a great outcome, but it's certainly a very different political and financial landscape to what we're used to. There was, what, about a year or 18 months between the Biden administration announcing the effect, well, basically the Green New Deal before we had a change of government in, in this country and perhaps a renewed appetite for chasing this opportunity. Uh, what do you make of the Australian government's response in the wake of the Biden uh, announcement? And, and where is it kind of currently sitting uh, in terms of Australian companies being competitive on the world stage? Yeah, I think the Australian government's moving very rapidly. Now, I put that in the context that we were moving in exactly the wrong direction for the last decade. I think you and I have debated that many times over the last couple of years. We were in reverse. We were saying, no, the cost of action is too high. The loss of our fossil fuel industry, Australia is the third largest exporter of fossil fuels in the world. The economic cost to Australia is too high. I think the whole landscape's changed dramatically. And we're now talking about the once in a century boom that Australia could seize to see hundreds of billions of dollars of new investment, tens if not hundreds of thousands of new jobs in regional Australia, value-adding our critical mineral resources and the export opportunities. So the opportunity for Australia means we stop talking about all the reasons why we shouldn't act and we actually work out how fast we need to move. So I think the Albanese government's really embracing the opportunity. They're driving a massive change of discussion about decarbonisation in Australia, but this is 
many times bigger than that. This is how we work with our key trade partners and how we drive a total transformation of the Australian mining industry. It's 12 past four on RN Drive. Australia needs to take drastic action, otherwise it risks losing a once-in-a-century opportunity to be a global leader on renewable energy and new uh, economy minerals. So says a new report from independent think tank Climate Energy Finance. Tim Buckley's here. Uh, He's the director. Let's talk about China. China's been obviously pursuing this dream a lot longer than us in terms of investment. Uh, They've clearly moved ahead with many of these technologies as well. You've singled them out in your report for their leadership, ambition and investment strategy. What challenges does this present for Australian industry to to keep up and to compete? It is a major opportunity and a major threat for Australia. One of the key points that the US government subsidy program has done is specified that you need to either onshore your manufacturing of all these new industries or at least friendshore a new term. But Australia is politically a major friend of America. We've got free trade agreements. So America has said the subsidy programs, they are happy for them to extend to Australian companies. And in fact, several, three of Australia's listed companies are getting hundreds of billions of dollars of investment from the DOE, the Department of Energy in America. Uh, So there are huge opportunities for Australia, but what America is clearly doing is picking up on the point that Australia might be the world's number one lithium mining and export country in the world. Like we exported 49% of the world's lithium last year, but almost every tonne of that lithium went to China for refining. And so what America is saying is they don't want to be reliant on Chinese supply chains. They need diversity of supply. Now, we obviously have to be very careful. China is our biggest trade partner, but where America, our military partner, says, how about you actually do the refining onshore in Australia? That is the opportunity for Australia to see. So it's not about poking China in the eye. It's about giving America, Europe, Japan, India, alternative sources of supply, because what Putin's invasion of Ukraine's done is really highlighted supply chain security is a global critical threat. Tim Buckley, what did you make of the Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers quietly blocking a Chinese investment fund from increasing its stake in an Australian rare earths company? I mean, uh, for starters, we should include that this was recommended by FERB, the Foreign Investment Review Board. Correct. I mean, in isolation, it looks like a rather pointed uh, poke in the eye to China, but it is not. It's a strategic decision. Jim Chalmers is trying not to inflame things here, but it's really worth highlighting that at the same time, he also approved a major investment in a $2 billion iron ore project that Rio Tinto is building, working in partnership with China Balwo Steel, so one of Rio's key trade partners in China. And so this is not about anti-China. It's about Australia looking after our national interest and protecting our national strategic industries of the future, an industry that's yet to really take off and where America has made it very clear they don't want to be reliant on China. If China comes in and buys up all of our critical minerals and our lithium and our um, critical minerals of the the future, then all of a sudden America is going to go to Latin America, Africa, et cetera. They're going to find alternative sources. So Australia's got to be strategic here. This isn't anti-China. This is about Australia's national interest and allowing Australian companies to develop key resources for Australia. 
And on that point, in terms of boosting the domestic industry, this is where this whole conversation intersects with with politics quite neatly, especially around election time. Your report identified that Australia could expand the workforce in these industries to some 35,000 jobs by the end of the the decade. Uh, Is the workforce skilled up and ready for that? Yeah, that's it's a real change in the conversation. For the last decade, all we've heard about is the importance of protecting our coal mining jobs and our coal power plant jobs. Now, to me, every job is important, but the reality is so is having a livable planet. All of a sudden, these coal miners who have been under threat, and that is a serious threat to their community, their family, their jobs, but now all of a sudden they're worth their weight in gold because we are going to need more miners and more power plant and refinery operators than ever before. And so the Albanese government is now working with industry at huge speed of knots, trying to reinvent our TAFE and university qualifications to make them ready so that we've actually got the workforce available to deliver on this once-in-a-century opportunity. It's a total change in the conversation from one of fear to one of massive opportunity for our country, and I think it's brilliant. We'll have to leave it there. Tim Buckley is the Director at Climate Energy Finance. Always a pleasure, Tim. Thanks, Andy. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.